opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, 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 no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I want to invite you to join the conversation live by calling us at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869. Or you can come into our live chat room at toginet.com. Just log in, hit live chat, and you'll be there with us. You can follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen and HH Talk Radio or tweet at us with the hashtag harvesting happiness. All right, let's get to it then. Today's subject is building happy families. And if you hear something you like during the show or something maybe you don't like, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Um, This first segment, I am introducing um, over the next few weeks a series of wonderful women who are really focusing on cultivating human happiness and flourishing through teleseminars, telesummits. They're assembling amazing people from all over the world who are working directly with happiness, positive psychology, human flourishing, and helping people be the best that they can be. So my first guest is Julie 
D'Aquilente, and she is on a personal journey to find happiness and fulfillment in her life and has made it her mission at the same time to help others do the same. Julie is currently working on several projects to help others live happier, healthy, and more abundant lives, including a free audio summit, which is upcoming, and she'll tell you about it when we are on the line together, um, of which I'm going to be a participating expert. And she is going to uh, provide listeners with the opportunity to learn tools and strategies from some some of the top researchers and coaches on the subjects of positive psychology, happiness, and just life in general. Good morning, Julie. Thanks for joining me. Do we Thank have you Julie? Thank so you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Let's talk about Happy Life Audio Summit. Tell us, uh, tell us what you're going to be doing and when it goes live. All right. Well, we have um, a lineup of 21 people, including yourself, um, who we are doing interviews with, and we are going to talk to them about their what they've researched, what their current specialties are, and how they feel like people can integrate happiness in their life, whether it's tools, strategies, um, advice. We want the listeners to really be able to take away something that they can plug into their life right now that will take them in a positive direction. Um, we will actually be going live with this on August 5th, um, and it will go for 21 days with a new speaker each day. Um, and anyone who does um, decide to get on get in on that, they can um, they will get a new email each day with a new speaker, and they will have um, a chance to listen to it at their own convenience. So it's not like they have to pin down a certain time each day to be able to listen to it. Um, we will have recordings for them as well. What I love about these audio summits is they are self-directed. You're setting this up in a format of 21 speakers over 21 days. You can access them at your convenience. Each speaker is delivering a free gift at the end, is my understanding, myself included. This is not a sales program. It is really um, to deliver a message that happiness is available to anyone at any time and that we can train for it. And this is, this is, really, this is really an important component of what you are doing. And I'm grateful to be a part of the project. Tell me about Project Happy People, because this is the umbrella that this falls under. Uh, Well, we are just, we are putting it together right now, and we are starting with this audio summit. Um, And basically, it's going to be a community um, where people can come to learn more ways, besides just obviously what is um, given in the audio summit, to to integrate happiness into their life, um, to, you know, use different strategies to change their mindset, to really, you know, figure out what they can do um, in their own journey. Um, Obviously, everyone's different, and happiness is different for everybody, but we want to be a place where people can come, and they can can learn, and they can ask questions, and they can explore, you know, their own journey and their own life and pursue a life they can be passionate about. I love it. And you're going to, through this program, deploy tips and tools to help people find their happy place moving forward, create a mindset that creates happiness habits. And that's something that we'll get into later with Dr. Christine Carter. We'll do this later in the show. And something that we do here on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio each and every week. Let's talk a little bit about the mindset around happiness, what it takes to be a happy person. Okay, well, in my opinion, um, like I said, happiness can mean different things to different people. And there's a happy mindset, um, there's living a happy, joyful life, and I think it all comes down to really creating a life that you love. 
Um, not saying that things won't go wrong, um, but if you're really living out your passions and you really are doing what you love and living a life you love, um, then those things that do come up are just going to be tiny speed bumps in the road. Tell us a few of the experts who will be part of the Happy Life Audio Summit. Sure. Um, well, besides you, we have Elaine Wellman, who's also known as the Happiness Coach. Um, she helps people master skills that lead to happiness, um, both personally and professionally. Um, we have Justin Harmon, who is the founder of Unplugged Recreated. Um, he helps people to change negative life perceptions, um, become more happy, awake, uh, fulfilled. Uh, we have Todd Hatkin. Um, he has written several books on the subject of happiness and has made it his mission to learn the true ingredients of a happy life, and will be sharing those with us. Um, we also have Tim Sharp, who, among other things, he is the founder of the Happiness Institute and has written several books, including the Happiness Handbook, 100 Ways to Happiness, and 100 Ways to Happy Children. Fabulous. Well, this is an incredible lineup, and we are eager for this to deploy to share it with our community and make it accessible to those who follow Harvesting Happiness and Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And again, give us the dates. You'll be going live on August 5th, you said? Um, Yes, we'll be going live on August 5th, um, and we'll run through August 25th. Wonderful. So it is a it's a daily dose of happiness one day for tw- each each day for 21 days. And within the Happy Life Audio Summit, you are also going to talk about and share information about how to think outside of your circumstance, how to get unstuck, if you will. Absolutely. Um, really, you know, people can get so stuck you know, in what what's going on in their life right now. And they don't see a way out or they may not even be thinking along those lines to think, is there a way out? They might just be like, this is my status quo. This is the life I was given. This is where I'm stuck. And this is just how my life is going to happen. And that is so not true. Um, In my own life, you know, I've experienced circumstances that I don't particularly care for, just like everyone else has. Um, But instead of feeling stuck, I look for the ways to move forward. And some of the big parts of that, honestly, I feel like are, you know, setting some goals. Um, if you don't like your current circumstances, create goals that will fix those. So, you know, I'm not talking about just making a list of goals and being like, this is what I want to happen in my life, but be very specific and even reverse engineer them. Um, and what I mean by that is make a list. You know, you have a specific goal, um, maybe it's a financial goal, maybe it's a goal related to your family, but for that goal to happen, there's a whole list of things that you need to do to get to that point. And if you make a list of little bitty baby steps, you can put those on your daily to-do list. Um, and then as you're working through them, you'll be getting closer to that that goal and the circumstances you want. And at the same time as you're working through them, you'll be you'll have a whole different mindset because you know you're actually progressing forward and just being on that journey will make you happier. Wonderful. Well, Julie, we are just about out of time, and I want to thank you for coming on to the show and sharing about the exciting Happy Life Audio Summit that will go live on August 5th. I am delighted to be a part of the project and contribute uh, what I know about about happiness as being an inside job. And to learn more about Happy Life Audio Summit, you can contact Julie D'Aquilente, and I'm going to give you her contact information on Facebook. It is uh, Julie D'Aquilente, and let me spell that for you, D-A-Q-U. 
U-E-L-E-N-T-E. She is the same at Twitter. So both accounts are Julie Daquilente. And the website is projecthappypeople.com. Again, that's projecthappypeople.com. So I wanted to also um, let you know that we are going to be doing all kinds of interactive telesummits and teleseminars in the coming months to get the word out for our civilian population and military population that um, is really either struggling with finding one's happy spot wanting to set goals and create projects and dreams and bring bring them to fruition. So um, this is just one of the many ways that we're bringing free gifts and user-friendly programming to the airwaves. So thank you again, Julie Dacuolente. I look forward to being with you being, being with you on the Happy Life Audio Summit commencing on August 5th, 5th for 21 days. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Dr. Christine Carter, who is a sociologist and happiness expert at UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center. And I have been a fan and admirer of this woman for years, so I am thrilled that she is with us today. Here come the tunes. When we come back, we're going to talk about happy families. I We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about building happy 
families. And my guest is Dr. Christine Carter. She is a sociologist and happiness expert at UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center. She's the author of Raising Happiness, 10 Simple Steps for More Joyful Kids and Happier Parents. She's best known for her happiness and parenting advice. Christine draws on psychology, sociology, and neuroscience, as well as using her own chaotic and often often hilarious real-world adventures to demonstrate the do's and don'ts in action. Amen to that, Sister Christine. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm just thrilled that you're here. Uh, During the break, we were chatting about how I've come to know and admire Christine's work through a mutual friend, and I'm so happy that she's here. For those of you that don't know her work, please, please go to her site, and we'll give you all the contact information for that later because she's got a wealth of information or a plethora of information about raising happy families and this is really what I want to dial in on because raising happy families hmm that can be a challenge right it can it can we're moms right we've got we've got kids how old are your kids um I have two daughters 10 and 12 and two stepchildren 11 and 13 so Oh, we have our hands full. <laughs> yeah, you've got your hands full. And I have got uh, a nearly 14-year-old and I have a, a a daughter that's going to get her driver's license in four weeks, 16. Wow. So yeah. I've got my hands full. And we were, ta- <laughs> we're talking about the art of multitasking or the, the intention and goal that might be better to set of unitasking, becoming yes. unitaskers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I th- I think a lot of uh, parents, when they become parents, uh, really celebrate their ability to multitask as a way to just sort of survive everything that they've got going on. And I, you know, it's true. We get better. At, we get better at multitasking, and um, sometimes it's really necessary. But it, it, you know, there I do hear an awful lot about how people love their children but are really having a hard time with their lives. They just find it to be exhausting, too much. So um, that kind of busyness is actually not a happiness habit, right? And and one of the, the reasons that we tend to feel so overwhelmed is um, because we are doing more than one thing at a time. So we have lots of research on multitasking. And um, for the vast majority of people, more than 95% of people, um, it, it's actually considerably less efficient than single tasking, you know, in a serial way, doing one thing at a time and focusing on it. Not only is it less stressful for us to focus on one task at a time, but it also leads to greater um, uh, efficiency that we can um, get through our tasks faster and great so greater productivity but also greater success so we tend to do better at it and the and the reason is that we're never truly running two parts of our brain at the same time it's not you know we kind of think like oh well i'm like a computer and i can um i can run my email program at the same time that i can have microsoft word running and we don't we don't really work that way our brains don't work that way we do one thing at a time anyway we just toggle back and forth between them continuously if we're trying to multitask. And that that toggling state is a use of extra energy, I might add. It is. It takes takes a lot more energy. It's very, it tends to be stressful for us in the sense that it can um, increase tension in our bodies, increase our blood pressure, our heart rate, 
and it, it tends to lead to more negative emotions than positive ones. So, I mean, as parents, this is all, we kind of know this, right? Intuitively, you know that if you're trying to get something done at work or you're trying to drive and make a doctor's appointment, you get really snappish towards your kids if they interrupt you during this, that I, at least I can speak for myself. I know that when I'm trying <laughs> to do focus on one thing and I get interrupted, it makes me tense and I'm not um, I'm not as warm, shall we say, um, as I, I am if I can just focus on my children or just do one thing at a time. Or, you know, I joke. I'm like, or maybe just two things at a time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or one and a half. You know, no, maybe I mean- just, just driving and talking to the kids and not also being on the phone or trying to f- navigate or whatever, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, it, I, I, I like to say that I am a hopeful unitasker, hopeful, you know, that I, I, I strive to be in that place and it is really challenging, but just, I want to move, move on more into the, the happiness muscles and all of that training. But I want to just add one thing about the, 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 the brains of our children who are wired to multitask. I don't know about your kids, but I've got one who can be on the computer, on the phone, you know, texting. So let's say Facebook, texting, Snapchatting, or whatever it is that they're doing, um, having a friend next to them and have the TV on. And somehow it's all being absorbed. What is going on with the brains of these kids? Well, they're toggling faster, right? So they do have a, um, a developed skill and neural networks so that they can move from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and back and forth. But what that does, I mean, it has... It has its advantages. Obviously, they're not as disturbed by that state um, of faster toggling. But it's a misunderstanding to think that um, neurologically they're actually doing all those things at once, right? They're just toggling between different tasks um, back and forth. And it and the skill that they're not developing when they're doing that is the ability to focus. And um, <laughs> so what, on one thing for an extended period of time without interruption, right? Because it's very stimulating for our brains to, um, you know, have lots of um, input and feedback and, um, you know, to have so many um, entertaining things going on. So um, what what happens is they, they, they get used to that state of, they get lots of little dopamine hits. It feels very rewarding. They seek that stimulation again and again. And so they start to pr- pursue that type of gratification. And, um, and that does not necessarily lead to happiness. It, it can be um, stimulating and gratifying, but that's not happiness, right? A, a truer sense of meaning in our lives, of joy, or even just a, a real sense of um, authentic, um, pleasure is, is different from that. And those things will come, you know, in part from a lot of things that we can talk about. But one of the things that brings real joy and meaning to our lives is mastery over a given skill or a given task. And, um, in order to really achieve mastery in any one arena in our lives, besides video games, we need to be able to focus on them. You know, we, to focus and, um, overcome challenges and, and be able to, um, really develop a particular skill, um, you know, over time. And so it, you know, it's our kids, yes, they're hard or their brains are hardwired, um, differently because of the different ways that they've been using it. I think if we want them to be happy in life, we need to teach them how to use their brains in a, 
single tasking focused kind of a way as well. And many of them are learning both, right? You know, I mean, it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we're raising our kids in a dystopia and they'll never have mastery or joy in their lives. I'm just saying that, you know, we, they just need a balance of the two things. They need a balance. And, and there are tools that we can employ, very, very simple ones to help encourage this focus, to help encourage connection. Um, and they're ones that, that I use in my home. And I, and I know that there are ones that you use in your home because you share them on, on, on your website and with all your material. But let's talk about things that foster greater connection, which in turn, I find sort of quiet down the mind, get us to kind of settle in and uh, encourage that unitasking. Yes. With simple, like the family dinner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know. Sometimes it is, I, I call it the science of the blazingly obvious, right? Yes. You know, so one of the things, so there is a lot of research that shows that families who have um, dinner together five nights a week or more, and we can kind of talk about how to make that happen in a second. The kids tend to do a lot better. They have fewer po- negative emotions, more positive emotions. They're less likely to um, have an eating disorder or abuse drugs or alcohol. I mean, it's a very long list of um, positive associations with that family dinner time. And so, you know, that calls into question what's happening at family dinner time and could it happen at another time? And um, it's really, it's not necessarily the meal itself that is causing the positive associations as much as it is um, that, that real time to connect that's very predictable for the kids um, every single day um, or five days a week or more. And so, you know, a lot of connection is, it's not hard. It's just predictable, having predictable time together. I, I actually think that we can kind of, in looking at the um, family dinners that seem to be working best for kids, we can also optimize that connection time if we don't, um, if we only have 20 minutes in the evening, you know, we can make sure that we kind of cover some of the topics that are going to be meaningful for for kids. And sometimes it's just the act of being in the same space at the same time, commenting. I have found this myself with my own teens, and we're going to be going to a break shortly. So I'm speaking quickly because I want to finish up the thought. Um, We we have the family dinners, and then there's something that we have from time to time where we have these sort of TV dinner nights where we just agree we're going to watch some goofy series and just have a marathon. But we're in the same space. We're talking. We're communicating about what is going on. and we're, we're sort of savoring one another's uh, company. And that's another tool that we can talk about going into the later segments, you know, the art of savoring. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think that that's a great um, suggestion and it doesn't always have to be, we don't always have to be engaged in intellectual conversation with our children's to be connecting, connecting with them. We can be doing something side by side with them so long as it feels like a family routine or a family tradition then symbolically, it has a lot of meaning for kids and can have a positive emotional effect. Indeed. And these family connections, these family moments, because family is so uh, defined in so many different ways, it can be just a group experience. You know, if you don't have a conventional family unit where you're getting people together on a ritualistic basis and just having a moment, having, having a pause from the day, putting aside electronics. This is something that we have in our house, you know, during that family oh, yeah. dinner time, there is no electronics. Surrender yeah. 
those electronics at the door, please. Yeah. Yeah. We have that for guests and, and, you know, having just like a little ritual, like a gratitude practice, we can talk a little bit more about gratitude and why that works, but just 30 seconds, everybody goes around the table and says something that they feel thankful for can evoke a habitual kind of huge hit of positive emotions for people that, um, that for kids can be incredibly, um, gratifying and, um, and really connecting and, and also for adults makes it more pleasurable. We are going to go to a break, and to take us there graciously, I am going to express my gratitude to my guest, Dr. Christine Carter, and to Julie Dacuolente for being with me today on the show. The tunes are coming, and I want to give the contact information to reach Dr. Christine Carter, and you can do so at christinecarter.com, and I will give the rest when we come back. Here come the tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win, enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook, where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways, like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Lisa's books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download this podcast because we're talking about raising happy families. And my guest is Dr. Christine Carter. She is a sociologist and happiness expert at UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center. She's the author of Raising Happiness, 10 Simple Steps for More Joyful Kids and Happier Parents. And who would not want that? So, Christine, let's carry on our conversation. But before we do, I want to give your Twitter and Facebook 
Facebook handles out so people can reach you directly. On Twitter, it is Raising Happiness. And on Facebook, it is Dr. Christine Carter, plain and simple. So let's talk about... um, Uh, We talked about gratitude, which is a huge tool. The thank you, thank you, thank you, 30 seconds of awareness for which we are thankful. This is a huge tool for anybody of any age. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can sound kind of hokey um, or even religious. And if you're not, you know, kind of in tune with those things, um, you know, I guess a lot of people who who just are, think it's too hokey, right? They or they think it's too religious, and then they they aren't into it. But to those people, I say <laughs> we have 15 years of really incredible scientific data, and and that research shows that um, that gratitude is actually one of the most powerful ways that we can make you know that we can feel happier. You know, 20 people regularly practicing gratitude. Um, tend to be about 25% happier on average after six weeks. And that, that's just a huge um, percent happier, you know, compared to a lot of the other things that we can do, compared even to um, some of our antidepressant medications. Um, and this is a really simple thing, just reflecting on something that you feel grateful for in life. It's, it's not at all hard. And, uh, and it is incredibly effective. It's also... Um, uh, gratitude is a very social emotion. And so when I, um, thank you for doing something for me, I'm going to like you a little bit better. You're going to like me a little bit better. It really, um, one of the ways it makes us happier is by connecting us to each other. So this is important when we think about building happy families or, um, you know, just cohesive communities in that, you know, if we've learned anything about happiness in the last 200 years, it's that from a scientific standpoint, it's that um, a person's happiness is best predicted by their social ties, by their breadth and the depth of their connections to their friends and families. So anything that we do that connects us to one another is really going to, it's going to make Make us a lot happier. So we're after that connection. We're also after the happiness that um, comes from it. And I might add one uh, thing to that, that the, the, the why gratitude works is because it actually brings us to the present moment. That it yes. really roots us in in this moment where where we get out of our happy places when we get into worry and rumination about the past or the future. Right. Well, well, it's kind of interesting because it's gratitude is actually um, a positive emotion about the past. So it's sort of ground, you know, you it can ground you in the positive emotion. Uh, I mean, in the in the um, present, but it's also can bring positive emotions from the past into the present and kind of amplify them. Our our brains are like giant filters, and so there's so much in, there's so much information and stimulus coming at us at any one time. And our brains um, don't just take that in, they filter it so that we get the most relevant stimulus from our ears, from our eyes, from our touch and all of our senses, right? It's, they're actually just filtering mechanisms. And, um, and so one of the ways that gratitude works is by changing out our filters. So, um, 
um, we, you know, we can get into the habit of um, looking for things are in our environment which indicate our social status, or um, noting things that hassle us, or things that are working well for us. And um, and this is the you know a, a regular gratitude practice every day at dinner time, saying something that you're grateful for every day at bedtime, listing three good things for. You, that happened during the day or writing in a gratitude journal or whatever it is that you want to do to, to essentially, you know, it's no more complicated than counting your blessings, but you got to do it on a regular basis. Then trains your brain to look for those things throughout the day, knowing that your brain learns, oh, at this point during the day, I'm going to have to come up with something that I feel grateful for. And it starts to scan the environment for things that you feel grateful for. And this is, it's hard for me to understate how incredibly powerful this is, that when researchers have people consciously practicing gratitude for a couple minutes a day, or even just once a week, actually, it depends on what your gratitude practice is, but it doesn't even have to be every single day, um, so long as it's very regular and habitual, um, that, that they start to actually miss some of the bigger hassles in their lives. Thing, it's not that um, people no longer cut them off in traffic. It's that they, they don't notice it in the same way that they did before because their brain is busy collecting evidence of the things that are going well in their lives. It, it, is, uh, it is truly remarkable how powerful this effect is. I love what you just said about evidence of things going well, which is the opposite of what many of us do in our day-to-day lives, especially in that, you know, being stuck in traffic or being caught in the multitasking loop. So it is a way Mm -hmm. for us to disengage from that program and dial in, you know, or look at life through a different colored lens. Right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting because culturally, I think we've got a lot of triggers that point us um, away from things that we feel grateful for. So um, I think many of your listeners will relate to this. You know, when we see somebody that we haven't seen for a little while, we ask them how they are. And then typically they respond with a litany of how busy they are. Right. So it's, um, how, how are you? Oh, I'm really good, but I'm really busy. I've got, you know, so-and-so's got soccer and then we're going to math tutoring and then we've got piano lessons and then, you know, oh, and, I, and did I tell you I'm, I've gone back to work, I'm working full time, but I just do it mostly at night. And you get this like whole, I start to feel overwhelmed at somebody else's busy, busy, busy and very important lives. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that is actually just a cultural script. We're not necessarily any busier. We we might be more, we might have more going on than we did in previous generations, but we're very focused on not just how much we have going on, but how we're responding to that, which is with a stress response for the most part, right? So, you know, it's, it's, I'm busy and I'm overwhelmed by how busy I am versus, so one thing that, one of the gratitude practices that I have um, probably for a year been trying to practice, and it's it's. Um, I have to say, it's still not totally a habit for me because it's not a habit for anybody else. But I would sure love if, <laughs> if we could change our cultural script to be like, "How are you? Fine," and then take that as a moment to reflect on something that you feel grateful for. You know, so I, you know, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm. It's you know, 
sometimes people will do it if the weather is good. They they instinctually say, beautiful day, right? You know what I mean? Like, so you can hear the cultural scripts we have. And if we can just shift them towards all things that are good that are happening in our lives, even if overall things, you know, it's not that we won't have hardships or that we'll be overlooking the hardships. It's that we'll also be, we'll just continually be acknowledging that things that are still going well, despite life's inevitable challenges. And I want to chime in here because you, you, you read my mind with what you just said, because many of the listeners will say, oh, you know, you guys are happiness experts. You, you know, you've trained in this for years. Of course you can do this thing. But I want, really want to point out that, the, that these skills that we're talking about are the most helpful when life is not going well. Yeah, it's so true. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely, um, that, that is absolutely true. And I think that um, sometimes when life is not going well, it throws us off balance enough that we become much more conscious of our everyday practices. And that, um, and that when things are going really well, we kind of go back to autopilot. And I'm actually a big fan of autopilot um, because, (laughs) you know, it makes life so easy. But we just have to be real sure that our autopilot is a good one so that we habitually do things that evoke positive emotions, make us feel grateful, make us happy. Um, And so I, you know, a huge part of my coaching practice and uh, my online classes and um, just the work I do with myself is habit refinement so that when things are going really well and you're just kind of going on autopilot, um, it's, it's a happy place, right? You're, those are all happiness habits, which, you know, I should say, because you mentioned earlier, you know, being really present, being on autopilot does not mean that you're not present. In fact, I find, or that you're unconscious. It's true that your habits are run from an unconscious part of your brain, but that doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, deeply um, mindful of whatever it is you're doing. And in fact, I find it much easier to be mindful in my everyday activities if I'm running through a series of routines kind of on autopilot. So it's like breathing, right? You're not, it's not that you breathe pretty unconsciously most of the time. You're not making a decision. Breathe in. Okay, now I'm going to breathe out. Okay, now I should breathe in and then breathe out. You know, we don't, we don't instruct that, but we can watch our breath in a really mindful way. And, uh, you know, we're going to go to a break in a minute, and I want to add to that about watching the breath in a mindful way. We breathe unconsciously, but we don't always breathe well. And what we're really talking about by the autopilot program that you're describing is to set up sort of a moral compass or GPS that is structured Mm -hmm. Um, from the correct place. And then once you dial in those coordinates and press start, you don't necessarily have to think about certain parts of your day. We're going to talk about this more because this is really key, especially for the happy family model that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Let me give the contact information to learn more about the amazing Dr. Christine Carter. Go to www.christinecarter.com. You can find her on Twitter at Raising Happiness. And on Facebook, she is Dr. Christine 
Carter as well. And when we come back, we will carry on this conversation about the the moral GPS, about ways to help our children dial into this um, true north, good north compass so they can uh, learn these skills for themselves, which is essential in creating happiness. Here come the tunes. Make a difference. I wanted to fight. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Do you like Lisa's take on happiness, well-being, and human flourishing? Join us this spring as Harvesting Happiness launches online classroom programming where Lisa Cypress-Kamen will offer her workshop series across the globe and from the comfort of wherever you are. Visit HarvestingHappiness.com for more details. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, please, 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 pretty please download this podcast on iTunes because we are talking with Dr. Christine Carter about building happy families. And we went through what felt like a nano break. I don't know. I was like trying to get a thought out there and then we came back. But we're going to carry on our conversation about instilling a strong moral compass or GPS system in our children so they can hit the autopilot start button and not have to worry about certain things in their day. So Christine, let's talk about how we do it for ourselves and how we help our children sort of set ourselves on the trajectory of practicing gratitude, of learning the art of savoring, of recalling positive emotion, which is part of really about the gratitude practice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting because that GPS that you're talking about, it can absolutely be, you know, a, a moral compass, which are, are kind of values, which become habits in a sense for kids. But I also think for ha- ourselves, you know, ha- happiness as parents um, or just individuals, but especially happiness in within families, it can be much less... Um, theoretically heavy than that and just be our, our everyday routines. So I work with families all the time that have these um, morning routines where 
the same child ends up crying every single morning and the same parent ends up frustrated and stressed out and hurried. And it's like that they're in a habit, which is a form of autopilot. It's that GPS kind of thing that you were talking about that, um, you know, so we run these unconscious routines in our head. I mean, in our just lives every morning, every, you know, we have, each of us have hundreds of little routines that take us through our day. And we think of them as being kind of things that are conscious that we're in charge of. But in fact, we can't only about 40% of everything that all of our behaviors in any given day were consciously chosen about 60% come from a part of our brain that runs our habits. And so I think about it as like, wow, you know, we've got like a little computer in our brain that runs code every day in the same way. (laughs) And we understand now how these habits get encoded in our children and how to change bad ones into good ones. It's very hard to just eradicate a habit once it's there, but you can change it from a bad habit into a good one if you just know a little bit about the neuroscience of it, of how how it actually works. So that might be something that's interesting for us to think about, you know, it is for parents to talk about today because parents can, if they've got a bedtime routine or a dinnertime routine or a morning routine that isn't working there, it's habitually evoking negative emotion instead of positive emotion. You know, we, we, we can talk about you, how to re-engineer that so that it, um, so that it works better for you so that every morning you feel a sense of calm on the way to work instead of panic. This notion of re-engineering, I love how you describe this because it makes it pragmatic and and user-friendly. It's like, okay, if this can come with an instruction manual, you know, the the ABCs, the how-tos, simple and to the point, it's it's workable, it's changeable. And I liken it to the the weight loss model. You know, we all know what to do. Yeah, yeah, but... But there's a knowing doing gap. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. Okay. Well, here's why. Because we know and we can actually have really good intentions and lots of um, rationale and logic behind why we want to do what we want to do. And, and really, we can have very strong convictions about the fact that if we exercise, we will be physically mentally and intellectually healthier and happier, right? Like, so we can know that. But whether or not we actually exercise in any given day depends on our habits, which is unconscious, not on our conscious beliefs. So um, a lot of times, you know, because we aren't like dogs in the sense that we can have really strong beliefs about things. And so, you know, we all know people who've changed really dramatically, really quickly because of um, a crisis or a trauma. So it can be done through sheer force of will um, because of really strong emotional experiences. But that's actually not the preferred method in the sense that we don't want to have to experience a trauma in order to get into a healthy habit, right? Um, right, and right. it's also just that that's just that that type of drama is not that accessible to most of us most of the time, we hope, right? So so there there have to be other methods, and in fact, there are. I um my most popular online class is called Cracking the Habit Code because it's the whole neuro it's a 21-day class that takes people through all the neuroscience of how to get into um uh 
a new habit. And it, this is really, really important, I think, for in all individuals, but also just for families to, you know, for parents to teach their kids how to get into a good habit. It's really important. And, and good habits are good for us. They're good for us, not only physically, as, as we were talking about, but for uh, creating, generating more happiness. And this includes not just uh, exercise, but eating properly, sleeping properly. Sleep, yeah. And I want to, you know, we don't have that much time, but I really want to stop here for a couple of minutes because sleep is overlooked or has been overlooked um, in, in terms of happiness creation and it is essential good sleep is essential for happiness for everything you know sleep affects every um, physical process we have in our bodies so if you just are looking at it from a physical health standpoint just for starters um, it affects it affects your lungs it affects your heart it affects your muscles in the sense of that it affects your metabolism it certainly affects your brain pretty dramatically cognitively or intellectually for, um, for kids, uh, for adults and for kids, but it's very important for kids when they're in school, you know, sleep affects your, your memory processes and, um, therefore your ability to learn and kids who are, um, just a little bit sleep deprived. So getting 20 minutes, um, less sleep than, um, the control group. Um, or then, then they're, they, they usually get, so when every day for a week, researchers ask their parents to deprive them of 20 minutes of sleep that they would normally get. They, they're, um, they're, this particular study I'm thinking of was done on fifth graders and they taught, they tested before the sleep deprivation at a fifth grade level at the end of one week of only 20 minutes sleep deprivation. They retested and their IQ scores were at a third grade level. So, I mean, it's really, sleep really profoundly affects how smart we are, how physically healthy we are, because it dramatically affects our immune system. And of course, our mood. I, it's, you know, if, if you're at all interested in happiness, the first thing I would tell you is to get enough sleep, right? I mean, we all know that how... Um, Sleep affects our ability to regulate our mood when we look when we have a toddler who misses a nap. Right? They not only <laughs> are they unable to regulate their mood, um, but they're they're cranky and volatile, and that doesn't actually go away. We don't grow out of that. We just are able to cope with it better, but it still is affecting us um, in the same way. So, I mean, we are a completely sleep deprived um, society. Adults need between seven and eight and a half hours of sleep a night. Um, more than 98% of adults need between seven and eight and a half hours of sleep per night. And our, our national average is about six hours of sleep per night for adults right now. So that's a very significant sleep debt that we're building up. Um, and then kids as well, you know, people are shocked when I say how much, how much, um, sleep kids need, you know, that, that typically they should be getting between 11 and nine and a quarter hours of sleep, depending on their age, you know, an eight year old needs 11 hours of sleep at night and a, and a 15 year old needs nine and a quarter hours of sleep. So, and that teenagers as until you stop growing, you need about nine hours of sleep. So, um, we are all operating suboptimally, physically, intellectually, and emotionally if we are not getting enough sleep. 
Oh, we, we, you know, we should definitely do another show about this. No, this that, is, that was my rant. Oh, it was this, I know. Dr. Christine Carter, happiness expert rants on sleep, but you know, know what? It's so true. It is, it is really important. You know, I work a lot with veterans that have PTS and oh, I cannot emphasize enough to them because sleep disturbance is one of the, you know, number one symptoms that they have, how they got to get their sleep acts together. And right. <laughs> right. Well, it can be really hard, especially, you know, it's not intuitive to a lot of parents, but a lot of um, women who um, are in premenopause or menopausal and also children who are, um, you know, developing hormonally, they experience a state that um, doctors call tired and wired, right? So there's something happens that, um, that it's, um, sleep deprivation doesn't actually lead to sleepiness in a significant part portion of the population. And that is part of that counterintuitiveness. It makes us wired and, and a little sort of overstimulated. And, um, and so edgy, it makes, it us, makes a little us edgy. edgy. Yeah. And it, I mean, it doesn't feel good for anybody, but it, but it also, um, it, it it's counterintuitive enough that, um, parents tend to, you know, be confused about it. Like, well, if he was really tired and needed more sleep, um, then, then he would just be sleepy, but he's not sleepy. He doesn't fall asleep, you know, easily. So we we have run out of time. I cannot believe it. We are going to have to have you back on in a couple of months and come and carry on this conversation because it is vital. And I want to give more information about how to really foster happy and healthy families, but we can't do it any longer this hour. So I want to give the um, contact information for you, for your programming. Um, The website is www.christinecarter.com. On Facebook, you are Dr. Christine Carter. On Twitter, you are at Raising Happiness. And I am completely and utterly grateful and savoring the hour that I've had with you, Christine Carter, and with Julie D'Aquilente today. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guest today, Julie D'Aquilente and Dr. Christine Carter, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And a reminder before we go to please join us on the Happy Life Audio Summit, which will go live on August 5th. And this is Julie D'Aquilente's Project Happy People. And to learn more about this program, go to projecthappypeople.com. Next week, my guests are Bob Delaney and Monica Cora. And Bob Delaney and Monica both work with um, trauma. They both have some amazing stories to tell about how they overcame their own personal trauma. And uh, it will be a military-focused show talking about post-traumatic stress. And you are listening to the one and only Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. To learn more about our work, go to harvestinghappiness.com. And please pass this podcast on to your friends and loved ones who could use a little more smile in their lives. Here come the tunes, and we will see you or hear you next week.